Welcome to Just Jay-Z. Each week, join your favorite hairdressing duo, Just Jesse and Stu Styles, as they talk salon life, hair hacks, traveling, lifestyle, and more. More. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Just Jay-Z. It is Jesse here. It is a solo Jesse episode. I don't have Stu here today. Really sad to be in the office alone, not looking at his beautiful face. But I wanted to do this episode because I get asked all the time, um, you know, advice about being a salon owner, things I've learned, things to avoid. And I wanted to do an episode dedicated to this because I feel like a podcast is a really great way to talk about this and I can just kind of ramble on without boring you guys, hopefully. So this episode is going to be 10 things I have learned as a salon owner. And if you are interested in listening to this, without further ado, let's get started. All right, let's dive right in. So I came up with this list and I could go on and on about this. And I hope that each of these things helps you guys or gives you a little insight. Um, But the first one is having a thick skin. I wish I would have known how beneficial this would be starting out. And granted, I do feel like you gain that thick skin as time goes on, as your business evolves, you learn, you go through hard times and that develops your thick skin. So it's kind of hard to have that thick skin starting anything, but I will say just know going into it that you're going to need to have that because you will have unhappy clients, unhappy customers, unhappy stylists. You're going to have things go wrong. There's going to be high points and low points about owning your business. And you just have to learn to roll with the punches, have a thick skin and not take everything so personally. Um, A lot of times entrepreneurs or business owners make their business their whole life. I am so guilty of that. Jay-Z was definitely my first baby and I gave it my all and I still do. And because of that, when things go wrong or things fail, you definitely take it to heart and it's so easy to let that get to you. So develop a thick skin because there will be failures along the way and you just got to learn from those things, you know? So, um, having a thick skin is going to help you get through those things. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to feel defeated, but as long as you pick yourself back up and realize that there's going to be bad reviews and negative comments and people who say bad things about you, brush it off and move on, honey. All right. And then number two kind of goes hand in hand with this one, but I've heard this quote before and I'm probably going to totally butcher it, but it talks about how when you shoot an arrow, you pull it back to propel it forward. And I love relating that to real life because there are so many things in life that go wrong and we see those as setbacks, but really it's just that arrow being pulled back to push you into greater things. And a lot of times it's really hard to see that in the moment, but then looking back, you can realize how um, setbacks or failures kind of pushed you in the right direction. And being a business owner, I have seen that so many times. Um, there's been things that have gone wrong or things I failed at or things that just didn't work out quite the way I wanted them to. And now looking back, if those things would have worked out the way I wanted, I wouldn't have what I have today. I wouldn't be where I'm at. So I truly believe everything happens for a reason. And, um, I try to see every bad experience as, you know, setting me up for something better, but that mindset really only works if you believe it and you act that way. You can't sit in your misery and let the failures get you down and then expect good things to happen. You have to let those setbacks propel you and you have to work hard to then get better things. So, um, don't expect things to fall into your lap, but just know that failures are always setting you up for better things. Okay. Um, the next one is talking about turnover and I wish I would have known going into a salon that turnover is completely 
normal. I feel like in our culture and in our industry right now, especially um, with salons that are well-known on social media and stuff like that, whenever a stylist leaves a well-known salon, it's always like, oh, I wonder what happened. What's the tea? What's the drama? I bet it was a bad place to work. When really it could just be that that stylist was ready to move on to different things or there was a situation in their life where it was right for them to move on. It doesn't always have to be a dramatic situation. I probably have more of a complex of this more so than like other people only because I have hired friends who have worked for me and then ended up leaving. And I have had a few dramatic situations where people left on bad terms. I'll be honest, but 90% of the people who have left my salon, it's been great. We still keep in contact with them. Um, it's a loving, supportive relationship. We have a retail store. They'll come in and buy things. Like That's usually how it is. Um, but I feel like even in those situations, I feel like there's people who are like, oh, you know, you left Jay-Z. Like, what happened? Like, was it bad? And, you know, I just think that since we're kind of well-known, people expect there to be a story or drama. And that's just hard because as a business owner, I feel like I freak out now when people leave because I'm like, oh, what's going to be said? What are people going to assume? Are people going to think it was a bad situation? When really it's mainly just because our stylists decide that it's time to go booth rent. We're a commission salon. And um, when people leave, it's usually just because they're ready to go out on their own, which is totally fine. And it makes me so proud. Um, if anything, I've started to realize that it's a great thing because usually stylists start here when they want to build their career. We're a pretty good place to like build your clientele because we get a lot of calls and walk-ins and um, we've kind of gotten to the point where now stylists can build and then they're ready to go out on their own. And I'm just like so happy that we are able to have a hand in that and help them, you know, build their clientele and get their career started so that they can go off on their own and do great things. So it's never a bad thing. I'm never offended when people leave, but I wish I knew going into it that turnover is normal because I feel like it's kind of a stigma in our industry that when people leave a salon, there has to be a story and that's just not true. Okay. Dealing with the public will bring all sorts of people and all sorts of situations. Um, obviously we know doing hair that it's going to bring in all sorts of people, all sorts of craziness at times, but I wish I knew that you were going, that I was going to witness all types of clients, all types of situations. There's going to be things thrown at me that I've never dealt with before, but as the owner, you have to just learn how to deal with it and roll with the punches. And you're really learning on the job, which is crazy. Um, I wish I just would have been a little more prepared for that. Obviously, as time goes on, I've gotten more prepared, but you would just never even imagine the things you're going to see like crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, it, it's just crazy. So I feel like you just need to be prepared that you're going to have, let's say you have 10 stylists in your salon and all 10 of those stylists are going to specialize in different things. They're going to bring in different types of people because of that. So that means your salon's really going to be a melting pot of all different types of clientele. And because of that, you're going to just deal with different situations. It's not just going to be um, you and your clients you have to worry about. Now you have to worry about everyone else's clients in the room and your own and the reputation of your business. And it's a lot of pressure. So I wish I would have known a little more about that going into it. For example, when we were in our first salon, um, we had all booth runners for the most part, and I will get more into the booth rent and commission structure in a minute, but we started out with all booth runners. And one day we had a girl who was getting her hair done by one of our stylists. And we had one of those heat lamps that had the bulbs coming out of it. And, um, the stylist put the client under that and the client had foils in her hair, leaned back against the light, didn't realize it. And the light burnt through the foil into her hair so bad. It was a terrible situation. The client was freaking out. The stylist was freaking out. 
I wasn't there when it happened, but I got a panicked phone call and, um, we did everything we could. We offered this girl free services. She didn't have to pay for anything. We offered to buy her extensions. Obviously it was just a terrible situation. Um, I don't feel like it was necessarily the stylist's fault because the client ended up leaning against a hot light bulb, which is kind of like, you should have known better. But at the same time, you know, those light bulbs are exposed. Maybe the client didn't realize it was just an unfortunate situation and it was really sad. So we did everything we could, but then I ended up getting a phone call from the client's dad threatening to sue me saying I needed to pay him a crazy amount of money or else he would take me to court. And it was kind of like a back and forth thing. And I ended up being like, well, I'm not going to pay you this money. So feel free to take me to court. I've told you what I'm going to do. I'll, I'll give your daughter, you know, free services for life. I'll give her free hair extensions, um, doing everything I could but he still insisted on it. And the minute I was like, okay, do it. They went away. It was kind of funny. But this, the hard thing about that situation is I never would have expected to have a conversation like that. And it's just part of owning a salon, you know? And the hard part about it was that she was a booth runner. So she technically just rented a station from me. I'm her landlord and it was really out of my hands. But since I'm the salon owner, I had to deal with it. So those things can be really hard. So just know going into it that you're always going to have hard clients, hard customers, customers, hard stylists. Like there's just going to be things you never would have imagined happening. Um, and just kind of be prepared for that. And the next one is kind of hand in hand with that as well. And I wanted to talk about another quote. I love, I remember posting this quote on my Instagram like two years ago. Um, and it is the quote that says you could be the ripest, juiciest peach in the whole world. And there's still going to be someone who doesn't like peaches. And I remember posting this because Stu at the time was visiting me. He was still in hair school in Florida. He visited us for our grand opening, which was almost two years ago. It's crazy that we've been in this building for two years, but he was visiting me for it. And I remember him telling me that one of his hair school instructors was giving him a hard time for coming to Utah for our grand opening. And he was telling Stu, like, I hope you have better aspirations than just working for a blonde girl who takes photos of herself and, you know, doesn't even really do hair. And I just remember being like, what does that guy not know what I do? Like I have extensions and I do hair tutorials and I do hair and I don't just take photos of myself. Like I remember being so like sad and offended. And then I posted that quote, but that quote has always just been a good reminder to me because I feel like, you know, you're going to be doing the best you can and you could be the best of the best in your industry. And there's still going to be someone who doesn't like you. And that is okay. That's a hard thing to wrap your head around, especially when you feel like you're not doing anything to offend anyone. You're, you know, the nicest person you can be. You're just focusing on yourself. You're having success. There's still going to be people that either hate you out of jealousy or just hate you because they hate you. So just know that, you know, I could do everything right. I could do everything the way I want things done. And there's always going to be haters. I get them every day on my YouTube channel. Like it just happens. And that is something that's been hard for me being on social media, being a business owner is just kind of realizing that, that you could be doing everything right. And there's still going to be haters. So as a business owner, especially just know there's always going to be clients who are unhappy, whether their hair looks absolutely perfect and you feel like there's nothing wrong. They're still going to try to get their money back. They're still going to leave a bad review. They're still going to be unhappy. That is just life. And that actually leads me into my next one, which is reviews. So there is a double-edged sword to social media. Um, I love social media. It's given me everything I have in my life. My whole business, my career was built on it. I love doing it. It's a big part of my job, Instagram, YouTube, this podcast. It's my favorite part of my job, but there is a downside to it. And that is that the internet gives people a platform to say whatever they want, whenever they want. And that can be so hard with Google reviews and Yelp. It, it can be a nightmare. So 
because of that, um, just know going into owning a business, you're going to get people who leave reviews. It's just how it is. And, um, I feel like if someone comes and has like a really great experience and they're super happy, they're less likely to leave a review than someone who had a negative experience or is unhappy. People love leaving reviews to talk about how much they hate you or to talk about their negative experience or to try to get something out of you. So just know that. And, um, we've had three like funny situations when it comes to reviews that I wanted to share. Um, the first one is is we had a client that came to us about two years ago and she was Hispanic. So she had dark hair. She wanted to go blonde, but she did not speak English. So it was always really hard because there was a language barrier, um, trying to understand what she wanted and her being frustrated that we couldn't understand, um, which was understandable, but it was just not the right fit because she was never happy. Um, we always had to do fixes or redos and she got her hair done multiple times and it was a lot of free services and kind of a headache for both of us. So we ended up cutting ties and being like, okay, it's not the right fit. And of course she left a review, which we were expecting. But the funny thing is that was two years ago. And a year ago, she left another review, basically like saying all the same things, like letting people know what happened. And then we responded. And then a year later, which was actually just a few days ago, my sister came into me and told me that she had left another review, just talking about it again. And it's two years later. So literally at this point, she just responded back, Kira did. And she's like, I'm just so sorry. You're still thinking about this two years later. So just know that people will always go out of their way to leave negative. Um, and it sucks because then reviews are usually used for that reason. Um, another situation we had had was we did a class in Arizona like seven ish months ago, I think. And we had a student and I don't even remember the entire situation, but she wasn't happy about the email she had received about the class. Either she got it late or, um, she had mistyped her email or we had mistyped it. So she got the information late. And so like a day before the class, she was like wanting a refund. She wanted to come for free because of that. And obviously we can't do that, but we were just like offering other things we could do for her. I think we offered to like, let her come to the unseen portion for free or refund some of it or let her come. I, I don't remember, but we did work with her and she was just really rude. And so she came to the class and she had left a review before the class. And then we told her like, if you're still wanting to come and us to work with you, then you need to delete it. So at the door, she had to show us that the review was gone. And then, um, she took the class and she was actually really nice. Everything was great. She was happy. She left. And then after she left another review, which was like so discouraging because we thought that the class class went well. We helped her a lot. We gave her extra attention. She was, she seemed happy and nice. And it was just like mind blowing that she would leave another review. So she basically got her side out of us and then, you know, got her free things or whatever we ended up doing and then still left the review, which sucked. But those things happen. Another funny story is, um, our logo is a J and then it's a long line down the middle and then it's Z and that's on our products. It's on our building. It's our logo that's everywhere. And we had someone leave us a review saying, I've never been to this salon, but I was driving by and noticed that the logo looked like it said jizz and it gave me a good laugh. So here's five stars. <laughs> and that was so funny because none of us literally ever realized that our logo looked like that until they said it. And now I can't unsee it. It's crazy. Um, but whatever, hopefully our logo gives people a laugh. And if you never realized that either, you're welcome. <laughs> um, but just at the end of the day, know that reviews are just how it's going to be. It's part of life. You can't delete reviews, which sucks, but always make sure to respond to them. Um, keep receipts. If you have a bad situation, if we get a bad review, we always post screenshots of the text messages or uh, as many receipts, I guess, as we can to prove our side of the story. 
we post our side of the story and then we ask them to contact us if they would like to talk about it further. Um, but just keep in mind that there's always three sides to every story, yours, theirs, and the truth. And the truth is always somewhere in the middle. So at least if you put your side out there, whoever's reading your reviews will be able to see the negative review and then they'll be able to see your response and hopefully um, gather that there is more to the story. So that's the best part about reviews is you can respond, but it sucks that you can't delete them. So um, yeah, just keep in mind that you are going to get negative reviews no matter what. All right. So I did a story on my Instagram a few months ago and I talked about our commission structure at Jay-Z and how we do things. And I got a lot of backlash about it. And it's so funny because I didn't realize that anything I had said was bad. And we make sure that our structure is completely legal. We've run it through lawyers and accountants and everything we're doing is totally fine. But some people didn't understand it. And my story was very surface level. I did not give very many details, but what I did share, people didn't like, and people were in like, Facebook groups for hairdressers talking bad about me, telling people to go harass me. I was getting like all these hate messages and it was just kind of funny because like no one really knows how we run our business. I had just given like very surface level details, like I said, so it was shocking. But since that story, I have had a lot of questions about how we run our business. So we're going to do a whole podcast episode on it and we're going to make it a money with Michelle segment. So my dad is my business partner. Um, if you guys haven't already heard the episode he did with money with Michelle, you've got to check it out. It's amazing. Um, we're going to be doing those ones a month to give you guys business and financial advice. So we are going to do a whole episode on our structure because he knows how to talk about it on a way more high level than I do. So stay tuned for that. But I will tell you guys, when we first started our business, we started out with all booth runners. We had 23 booth runners and it was the right move at the time. It was security. It was a set amount of pay every month. And it was a way to make sure that the business was running and we could keep our lights on and keep the roof over our head. But as time went on, we started to realize we needed to introduce commission to be able to make money. So we started introducing some commission stylists and then it got to the point where we were like, Hey, we're going to be all commission. Um, so as of right now, five years later, we have two booth runners and we have kept them locked in. They're kind of grandfathered in. We raise their rent once a year, but we let them booth rent from us. We would never kick them out or fire them or anything. So we love them, but everyone else is commissioned. And that's the only thing we offer to new hires. So, um, the reason being is with booth runners, there's a few pros and there's a few cons. Um, the pros would be that they're easy. They come and they go. You really don't have to micromanage them. They're their own business. And it's easy that way. Um, another thing is it's a set income. It's safety. It's security. Um, you know what you're getting paid every month. But the downside is a lot of times clients don't understand the difference between booth rent and commission. So a stylist could be booth rent, mess up a client's hair, and then the client's pissed and they leave your salon a negative review. Or they call you as the owner demanding a refund because they don't necessarily understand that that stylist is basically just renting from you and you're their landlord. You're the business. You're the one with the name and the Google review page. So they're going to leave that on your page. So just know that there is a downside to it that you kind of have to deal with things that you shouldn't necessarily have to deal with all the time. And then also, um, you have a little less say over your booth runners, you know, schedule wise, dress code wise, how they do hair, the things they use, you just can't tell them anything. And so you have to be a little more careful with that when it comes to commission really as a salon owner, it's the only way to make money. Um, just know if you're thinking of opening a salon, if you have all booth runners, you're only going to get a set amount of money every month. You're never going to progress. Um, it's not like a money making business unless you have product or retail. So honestly, in a salon, regardless of you, if you are booth rent or commission, um, having something else like retail or products to sell is going to be your main money maker. Um, but with commission, we were able to make more money. So it's obviously the way we're keeping our business running. We could never have the building we we have now with just booth runners. It's just impossible. So commission makes us more money. And then also, um, 
we have product and, you know, retail that we sell and our extension business, our education, that is our main source of income. The salon does do well, but it's not our main moneymaker. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind. And then also with commission stylists, we have a little more say over their schedules, you know, dress code, what they use, things like that. But I've been a stylist in both situations. I have been a booth runner and a commission stylist, and I wanted to make sure that our stylists wanted to work here. So even though they're commission, we give them a higher uh, percentage for commission. We have them provide their own products so that they're able to use what they want and they have freedom, but we do give them that higher percentage to make up for it. We provide back bar front desk. Um, they get a commission off of our hair extensions. They have the hair on hand to use. Um, they have a kick-ass break room. They have a TV, a couch, a big break room table. They each have two lockers, a soda machine, a dishwasher, an oven, a washer and dryer. Um, I wanted to make it a place that people wanted to work because a lot of times with commission, um, you know, you're helping build their clientele. And with booth runners, it was hard for us to give clients away because if we got call-ins or walk-ins, booth runners are typically booked out. They make their own schedule. They already have a set clientele. And and you can't necessarily give them new clients because they're not looking for it. Whereas with commission, they're looking to build. So we kind of feel like it goes hand in hand because we get a lot of call-ins and it's a great place to build. And then we give them the benefits of like all the things we offer. So I love the way we do it. And, you know, just kind of weigh your options. If you're thinking of opening a salon, what works best for you, booth rent or commission and go from there. All right. Another one to keep in mind is you are your business. You have to remember as a business owner, you are a walking billboard for your business, especially if you're on Instagram, people are going to recognize your face. If you live in a small town, especially, um, you know, for me, people will recognize me and it's harder to like go to the grocery store with no makeup on. Cause I'm like, uh Oh, what if someone sees me? Um, and you know, things like that, or you just have to make sure you're always nice to everyone. Um, you don't want to be like rude to your waiter at dinner and then have them realize who you are and then be like, well, I'm never going to her business, you know? So just remember that you are always a reflection of your business and you have to keep that in mind. So, um, for example, we went to brunch the other day and our waitress was super nice, super cute. And then at the end she was like, do you own Jay-Z? And I'm like, yeah. And we started talking about her hair, but I had no idea the whole time she knew who we were. So it's just crazy that you have to always keep that in mind that you are a reflection of your business and that can be a lot of pressure on someone. So it is kind of hard, but you have to keep that in mind as you just go about your daily life. All right. When I started my business, I did not realize how much back office work went into it. Um, I think all of us hairdressers, um, when we get excited about opening our salons, it's like, it's going to be so fun and I get to design in, it's going to be glamorous and it's just going to be the best being my own boss. And yes, it is all those things, but it's also a lot of work. There's a lot of back office work with taxes and LLCs and business licenses and city limits and restrictions and things like that. So just know that there is so much more that goes into it. So if you are opening your own business, make sure you have help, whether it's a lawyer, an accountant, a bookkeeper, a manager, hire people that you trust to give you that advice on things you don't know as much about. And then also just hire a team to help you with the day-to-day -day stuff if you're able to do that. My sisters, my parents, they all do that type of stuff for me. I'm definitely more of the creative type. I'm more of like the marketing and the content and, um, you know, creating all the stuff. And then they help me finish it with all the official back end stuff of it. So I would be lost without them. We definitely would not be where we are today without that. Um, so just keep in mind that there is a lot more that goes into owning a business and starting a salon than just like the fun stuff you see on Instagram and just be prepared for that going in. All right. So the last one is I wanted to talk about how rewarding it is to create your own space. I feel like a lot of these have just been 
me warning you about the bad things and kind of venting. And yes, there is a lot of hard things, but at the end of the day, the most rewarding thing is knowing that you built this from the ground up. You created this brand. You created this space that stylists like to work at and clients like to come and relax and get their hair done at. And it's so rewarding and fulfilling. And I love that like all of our stylists feel like a little family and everyone sees us as their second home and um, clients love the vibe when they walk in here. It was really important for me to have that. And um, it's just an amazing thing to like sit back because day to day, I can get so caught up in like the negative parts of my job and get stressed and overwhelmed. But when I really sit back and like, think about it, I'm like, this is incredible what I've done and what my family's done. And it's just amazing. So make sure you take time to enjoy the big wins and the successes and don't get so caught up in the bad and the negative that you get burnt out and overwhelmed and you're not enjoying the ride. All right, you guys. So those are the 10 things I have learned as a business owner over the last five years. I hope that some of those helped you. If you have any questions about any of them, feel free to DM me on Instagram and I can ask your question or, and I can answer your questions for you. And then also if you guys would like a part two or more information on this episode, I can always do another one. Cause I could go on and on about this subject. So let me know if you're interested in that, but you know what it's time for now. Let's talk peaks and pigs. It feels so weird doing peaks and pits alone because usually I have Stu here with me and I'm just like talking to myself, like telling myself the good part and the bad part about my week. Um, but I would say that my peak for the week would be the drink I have in my hand right now. And this is like really depressing that that's my peak, but I'm obsessed. So I've been trying to cut back on caffeine, you guys. And that is like the hardest thing in my whole life because typically I'm like coffee, diet Coke all day to keep me going. But I've just noticed it's making me crash and feel like crap. So I'm trying to get away from it. So I've been ordering the mango dragon fruit refresher from Starbucks and it is a game changer. I'm not typically like a lemonade person. I don't really love like tangy things, but this drink is so good. I love the dragon fruit. It's the prettiest color and it's keeping me like energized enough to like get through my day without having like a big caffeine crash. So I'm sure you guys have tried the refreshers, but if you have not go ahead and try one cause it's incredible. Um, I would say that my pit of the week was over the weekend Jagger got sick and it was so sad. He was just miserable. He ended up getting a fever of 102. I had to take him into the pediatrician's office and he got a COVID test, a strep test, a flu test. They were all negative. Then we had to take him to the hospital and do some labs and it ended up being a bacterial infection and we just had to keep him, you know, with fluids and medicine and Tylenol and ibuprofen and he got better. He's doing a lot better now, but it was so hard just to see him in pain. Um, it was the first time he's ever been sick and I am so lucky because he's 11 months old and so many people were telling me like, oh my gosh, my baby was sick like every month of their life for the first year. So I'm really lucky that this was like the first time he was sick, but Jordan was out of town. So it was like so much harder because I was like already single mom in it and then he was sick. So it was just like really, really sad, but that would definitely be my low point of the week. It was so sad to see my baby sick, but I'm glad he's doing better. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something from it. Let me know if you would like more episodes like this in the future. Um, Stu will be back next week. I'm so sorry if this bored you because Stu's the fun one. I know. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram. All of that information is in the show notes below, and I will catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for joining us over here at Just Jay-Z. Catch new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.